0: Ninety-one point three WLRN presents topical currents. For the next hour, we visit with the Weather Channel's senior hurricane specialist, Brian Norcross. We'll have updates on Hurricane Irma, of course, as she makes her way toward the Florida Peninsula. Good afternoon. It's Bonnie Berman with Joseph Cooper. It's an exclusive edition from one of the nation's top storm meteorologists. Certainly, Brian Norcross well knows South Florida, and we'll look forward to his insights on the storm. We'll take your calls as well. Our number 1 800 743 9576. That's 800 743 9576. Or you can email brief questions to radio at WLRN.org. We'll be back with the Weather Channel's Brian Norcross after NPR and regional news.
1: Joseph Cooper and Bonnie Berman packed with today's Topical Currents Special Edition. And, of course, our focus is on powerful Hurricane Irma as she continues her track in the Caribbean toward Florida. We have the Weather Channel's Senior Hurricane Specialist, Brian Norcross, on hand. For the next hour.
0: He has advice geared for southeast Florida residents and joins us now from the Weather Channel in Atlanta. Brian, thanks so much for devoting this important time to our listeners. We're sure you're involved in a flurry of activity tracking this remarkable hurricane.
2: I'm happy to be here, Bonnie and Joe.
0: Um, okay, so can you give us the latest
2: update? Well, uh, Irma is on track. The, the storm has followed the National Hurricane Center track and um, there is no reason to think uh, that this is not going to come, at least very close, and uh, perhaps uh, directly over South Florida. The, the The bottom line really is at this point that everybody needs to be in full preparation mode. There's no, there's no, you know, hoping it's going to turn. We all hope it's going to turn, of course, but but the risks are so high here. This is an extreme hurricane situation. Uh, this is, you know, I, I said this morning when I wrote my Facebook uh, update that uh, we should all plan for Hurricane Andrew. You know, you plan for Hurricane Andrew, you set yourself up to be uh, be successful in in navigating a storm like Hurricane Andrew, and if something less comes, then then you, you're thankful for that. But uh, this has the potential to be you know, just uh, at the top end of of possible hurricane events in South Florida.
1: Well, quoting your uh, Facebook post, you say this is one for the history books, and you certainly know the history books.
2: Yeah, the, you know, you have to go back for a storm like this. Uh, this is actually a more extreme event than Hurricane Andrew. Not because we think the winds will be as strong as Andrew. I don't think they will be. It's not that they couldn't be, but the odds don't favor them being quite that strong. I mean, Andrew was really sort of in a category by itself as far as uh, big city hurricanes. They, but the extent of this and the fact that this is going to come with rain too. So, it's not going to move fast enough to keep uh, some kind of flood problem from developing. And I don't want anybody to picture Houston. We're not thinking four feet of rain, but we could get a foot of rain, and so so that will be different from Andrew. But I think the biggest uh, two issues that will be different from Andrew uh, is one, it's going to affect everybody. You know, in Andrew, the people in North Dade and in Broward got in their car uh, kind of immediately and went to South Aid to see if they could help. Uh, this, I don't think that's going to be possible because I think everybody is going to have to deal with it. The other is that this is going to produce storm surge uh, in the populated part of every county. So in in Andrew, uh, we had tremendous storm surge, but it it affected where people didn't live down there at the Deering Estate and the Burger King headquarters. And it also affected uh, Cables by the Sea and Coconut Grove, you know, relatively lightly populated, very wealthy parts of Miami-Dade County. It it didn't affect farther north in Biscayne Bay. It didn't affect uh, Miami Beach uh, and all the way up into Hallandale and Hollywood and Fort Lauderdale and up into the Palm Beaches and uh, flooding around Lake Worth. And, uh, you know, all of these are uh, in the cards here, depending on exactly how— uh, Hurricane Irma tracks, and we just can 't be absolutely sure how it's going to track, but we uh, we know that if it tracks uh, close to the city that the the storm surge is going to be uh, tremendous along the coast, i mean up to ten feet above normally dry land in in some areas near the water
0: that's so you're thinking ten feet, and you said on the west coast, if it covers the whole state or happens to go to the west that it's going to be much worse on the west coast, the surge? Oh, yeah. If if the storm
2: uh, ends up where the worst of it, the, you know, the center of it and the core of the hurricane, it's called, where the strongest winds are, ends up going 100 miles farther to the left and, and up the west coast, the storm surge values are doubled or more there. And it's it's just, a, you know, a potential uh, like we've never seen because essentially everybody has to leave. The the good thing on the southeast coast is that people on the barrier islands, uh, on Miami Beach and, and, you know, Sunny Isles Beach and Aventura on the island part, uh, only have to go uh, across the causeway to get to high ground. Now, they have to find a good place to stay on that high ground, but it's not uh, essential to get out of town in order to be safe. We have confidence in the modern buildings and the building code, in uh, Dayton, Broward especially, and, uh, you know, we have confidence in the shelters and we have confidence in the modern hotels that that people in those buildings that, you know, use common sense, you don't want to be on the balcony, you don't want to be next to the sliding glass doors, but you want to be in a an interior hallway in a safe spot, you know, they're going to be fine and and going to be safe, uh, and they're going to be closer to home, assuming they protect the car. You know, everybody should be looking for a high spot to put the car and, you know, not end up having your car be a victim of the hurricane while you're okay. That's you know, that's sort of a secondary uh, oh, challenge
1: okay. that we all have. Our telephone number, if you'd like to join in with a question for Brian Norcross, that's easy enough. 1-800-743-9576. 1-800-743-WLRN. Also, email. Please keep them brief, radio at WLRN.org. Now, during this hour with Brian Norcross, we don't have school closings or event closings or shelter locations or gas or water sources. But if or you Or
0: school openings or anything. But to, if you have
1: questions about the storm itself and how to prepare for it, you're certainly welcome to call.
0: Brian, I see the pressure went up a bit. Is, I, is that anything hopeful or it's, it can just go down again?
2: Well, it 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 uh, may go back up again and it may continue to go down a little bit, but doesn't really make any difference. I mean, we we anticipate that that the storm will have weakened some by the time it gets to South Florida. The National Hurricane Center is forecasting a category 4 hurricane, but the rule is you plan for one category higher. That means we're planning for category 5. That means we're doing every single thing we can think to do to be Safe and if instead it weakens to a category three or it jogs a little offshore, uh, you know, then we celebrate uh, that that it wasn't as bad as it as it could have been. But but uh, you know, this is an anticipated uh, event to have it weaken some. Uh, Irma already set a record for being at that extreme wind speed of 185 miles an hour for more than twice as long as any other storm has mm. ever been measured at that wind speed. So uh, we expect it to, to fluctuate and and even weaken some, uh, but we still have every anticipation of a uh, just a fearsome, fierce hurricane that, as it approaches the southern part of Florida.
1: Brian, when you mentioned that uh, unlike Andrew, someone wouldn't be able to drive from Broward County and help people in South Dade, is that because of the width of the storm, the circumference of it?
2: Well, because it's moving from south to north, and uh, so I, my expectation I is that Broward County will get the same weather that Miami-Dade County gets, and Palm Beach County will likely get the same weather as well. It may weaken, if if the center goes over the land, it may weaken a little bit, but you know uh, there's not a whole lot of distance between Miami and West Palm Beach as hurricanes go, and the Hurricane-force winds extend out over 100 miles, um, or 100 miles across. I mean, so it can miss by a pretty good amount, and I, I would just expect that, at the very least, trees would be down, signs would be down, power lines would be down. That would keep people from getting out and getting on the road easily, which uh, you know is what what people want to do when the once the hurricane is over, but. If you have all kinds of debris and it's not safe to do yes. that, or it's flooded, you can't you can't do that. So I just don't think we're going to have as significant a difference in the outcome in terms of the weather uh, in South Dade, say, compared to uh, Broward County. I think that uh, you know we're going to have problems in all parts of the metropolitan area.
0: How wide is the the eye of the storm, and how? Do we, I guess we don't know how close it's going to be to the coast of Miami-Dade County at this point, but how wide is the eye?
2: Well, the the center of the eye, uh, at last report, and I'm trying to look here uh, to see if I, I see an update, it's about 25 or 30 miles. So, again, it's very different than Hurricane Andrew in that the eye is a bigger eye. And it's just a bigger storm, it's just a bigger storm uh, altogether. So that the main thing that that does, the main difference that that makes, is that it moves more water. So the bigger the hurricane, uh, and the stronger the hurricane, but the bigger the hurricane, the more water in the ocean gets pushed up against the shoreline. And that's why we are so concerned about... Uh, storm surge and and rising water from the ocean and the various uh, inland uh, waterways as the storm comes ashore. Now, I I hasten to add that the the exactly of of all the things we can forecast here, the thing we forecast the most poorly is the amount of storm surge, the height that the water comes above the, the, the land. And the reason is that that's totally dependent on the exact angle that the wind is making with the coast. Mm. A little bit of difference in angle and the peak storm surge can be in a very different part of the coast. It could be the same height, but it could be miles up the coast just because of that slight difference in angle. And since we can't 100% you know, pick exactly where the the center is going to be, we don't know exactly what those angles are going to be. So we have to make sort of broad statements and prepare people over a large area knowing that some areas will get less and some areas could actually get a little more than 10 feet over the land but we try and, and be representative about the the uh, storm surge so the hurricane center is saying 5 to 10 feet uh, depending on if it comes in at high tide uh, and because it's about a 2 foot swing related to the tide and uh, exactly what the the track is, I mean the difference of of ten or twenty miles in the track can make a significant difference in exactly where that peak surge occurs,
1: Brian, is it accurate to say that it 's not likely very very likely at all that this storm will make an abrupt northerly turn and go up
2: no I, th- I think that 's what it's going to do actually. Uh, when you say bri- I see what you mean, Joe you before, mean like before, before it gets to before it gets to right. up right right uh, so uh, i i 'm not ruling that out i 'm not ruling out that once it makes a turn. I think it will probably get to, to approximately south of us, and then the question is how sharp the turn is going to be. We're not ruling out that the worst of this is going to stay offshore to the east. But the odds are that we're going to get a uh, significant hurricane, and the odds are certainly high enough. Uh, and, I mean the odds, when I say they're high, they're you know more than 50 percent or 60 percent. In fact, in terms of hurricane-force winds, they're up around 80%. That we're going to get hurricane-force winds in the, across the metropolitan area, so you know the the odds are just high enough that we have to prepare. Uh, you know, but you're you're absolutely right that there it's not like 100% that we're going to get the worst of it. We, we we can't say that, but it's not negligible that we could get the worst of it. So and since the worst of it is so deadly, uh, that's why we have to be, you know, everybody has to be in a, a safe place.
0: Brian, I heard you last night on the Weather Channel say something about extra resources were being utilized in this storm to determine the accuracy of the track.
2: Right. So, uh, I mean, we should all feel good that our government is deploying all possible resources to, to uh, make the best forecasts possible so that they don't have to evacuate anybody unnecessarily and and everybody that is threatened is warned i mean that's that's their goal, and so they're doing two things uh, they're doing a number of things, but the two big things they're doing in terms of gathering data is or three things really one is across the United states they're launching uh double the number of weather balloons every day, so they normally do that twice a day, and they do that to measure the uh, wind currents and the the temperature and the pressure and everything at at various levels of the atmosphere. And they feed all that information to the computer to help make forecasts over the the U.S. mainland. And uh, they're also flying a, a special jet that they have out ahead of the storm and dropping sensors out of the jet called dropsons that do the same thing. They measure multiple levels of the atmosphere from uh, nearly 50,000 feet on down to the surface of the ocean and feeding that into the computers. And then they have continuous coverage of hurricane hunters and research planes out actually inside the storm, measuring the storm to be sure that they have the best understanding possible of, of what is actually going on inside the hurricane. So, I mean, those are all the resources that, that we have. That, that's, there's nothing else to deploy to try and make uh, the best forecasts possible and they're doing that on a continuing basis as long as there's a threat
1: here. Again our number 1-800-743-9576 or email radio at wlrn.org. We're speaking with Brian Norcross of course of the Weather Channel. He's the senior hurricane specialist there. Brian for our listeners go over some of the best positions in homes or apartments if things really get bad and there's fear of severe roof damage or, or walls or something.
2: Well, everybody, I don't care what kind of building you're in and how good the the hurricane windows are, impact windows, um, brand new house or a house that's uh, 20 years old or how confident you are. Everyone should ride out the worst of the storm, which we think will come uh, late on Saturday and well into Sunday, uh, probably into Sunday afternoon. This is not going to be quick like Hurricane Andrew. This is going to take some time. But everybody should plan to ride out the storm in an interior part of the house, interior uh, hallway, uh, uh, you know, a bathroom, but just be ready when, this, when it really gets going to not be uh, in a room with a window or with a single wall between you and the outside. Uh, in modern South Florida homes, we have much, much more confidence that that they will Stand up to this hurricane or other hurricanes uh, than we did before Hurricane Andrew. There's, you know, that's that's a legacy of Andrew that we all live with, which will serve us well in this storm. I feel confident, but that doesn't mean that freak things can't happen. And if something freak happens, because the builder didn't put in the right kind of connections for a window or, or you know, something that you can't possibly know is wrong you're still going to be much safer at the interior uh, part of your house. And and we strongly recommend everybody do that. And, you know, if it really looks like the worst of this hurricane is going to come right over uh, the metropolitan area, Dade Broward and Palm Beach County, then we strongly recommend that uh, you get a mattress off the bed and just get it ready just in case, Something blows in to, to give yourself protection between you know you and, and the elements in, in case there would be a, a failure in your home. But but uh, these buildings are, are very very strong and and uh, and the strongest in the world. This is this is the the code that people in the world point to as being the the world class for building buildings for a hurricane zone. So. You know, we can have uh, confidence in that. And I, I should add, too, uh, because obviously a lot of people live in high-rises, uh, two points about high-rises. One is that, that the place to be in a high-rise is in a hallway uh, on a lower floor, not on the bottom floor, but on the second or third floor, so that you're above the ground, but but uh, as low as is reasonably possible, so that you have the maximum number of concrete walls between you and the outside. So that's the first thing. The the uh, the second thing about high rises is that a lot of people saying, "Well, if my high rise is safe, why can't I stay on Miami Beach or Hollywood Beach or Hallandale or uh, anywhere up and down the coast?" And the reason is that we expect that some parts of the coastline are going to be inundated with storm surge from the ocean and uh, the bay or the the intracoastal or Uh, The the water will come from both directions, depending on the exact direction of the wind. And the streets will be full of debris and sand. And so what we've seen in the past with big hurricanes is that the barrier islands and the areas near the water become impassable. So you can't – if you're in a building, you can be stuck in your high-rise with no power, no water, no elevator, no communications, possibly, and unable to get out. Even if your car survives in the garage, Brian. So that's that's a you know that's a concern. That's why the beaches are evacuated.
0: Somebody wanted me to mention just that a lot of malls are opening up their um, parking lots for people to park in. So we have a question from Julia: If hurricane windows are able to stand up to 180 mile an hour winds.
2: So the hurricane windows are are not uh, the issue. Yeah, the, the the hurricane windows will be fine because the the you know in in houses that that most of us live in away from the water, uh, they won't be 180 miles an hour, and you won't get that kind of winds. And and even if it does, I think that they've, the the uh, stuff that kind of looks like glass, it's a combination of glass and a a
1: layer in the, in the
2: center. Which well, makes we commonly it almost, call
1: impact windows.
2: Well, we commonly call, we call impact windows, yes. The, the, that'll stand up. The The weakest part of those windows actually is not the glass. It's actually the way the window is mounted in the house, and the building code requires extensive inspections to be sure that windows are mounted properly uh, because the window is so strong. So, you know, the glass is so strong that that the mounting actually becomes the – the uh, weaker uh, point in construction these days
0: all right and if a uh, this is an important question because a lot of people ask this Uh, ellie wants to know if a window fails do you open another window a little to release the wind pressure
2: so the answer is no no you want to keep the storm outside your house if you have uh, a window fail if you open another window, all you're doing is asking more storm to come in. So the, the people are inclined to do that because if the hurricane, the center of the hurricane comes near them, the pressure, the air pressure and the atmospheric pressure goes down so much that they feel the pressure in their ears. It's just like going up in a very fast elevator where you feel the pressure in your ears because of the changed atmospheric pressure. So they, they think, oh, the, the house is getting pressurized. It's actually not. It's actually the pressure is decreasing so much due to the storm. Uh, so the answer is no. You you keep all of the windows covered and closed, and you stay away from them.
1: And once again, to reiterate, Brian, you want the smaller, smallest room that's in t- near the interior of the home. To, if, if things really have some rough sledding going.
2: Yeah, so uh, this is a thing for everybody to do tomorrow and tomorrow night. There's plenty of time is to to think this out. If, if you're going to be in a high-rise and you're going to ride the storm out in the third-floor hallway, let's say, is go down there and find a place and think about how you're going to set up camp because you may be there for uh, 12 hours or more. So, you know, think about it and think about what am I going to take down there? You know, uh, what are my neighbors going to do? How are we all going to do this? You know what food am I going to take? Uh, if I have a pet, you know how's the pet going to go to the bathroom? Uh, you know, what are we going to do uh, to make this as as you know bearable as we possibly can? Uh, whether I'm, you're in your home or you're in uh, in a high rise and you've got to go to a lower hallway.
0: One of our listeners on Twitter. I live in Orlando Metro area, planning to. On moving I think is what it's supposed to say to East Tampa is that smart or not house the here the house here is solid
2: well the in orlando we we expect to have a, a hurricane and the current projections are that hurricane force winds will reach orlando um, and hurricane force winds will likely reach Tampa as well, and there is a you know an issue of traffic and getting there in between so so uh, it's without knowing the various uh, you know scenarios there of exactly how well built uh, the homes are and the you know whether there are big trees that are hanging over the homes, which very often happens in Orlando uh, and in Tampa, depending on uh, how old the neighborhood is. You know that's hard to evaluate, but I don't, I wouldn't think that the, wa- the weather would be dramatically different in uh, Orlando or Tampa.
0: Okay, and Leah wants to know if you know if the storm has caused tornadoes where it has hit thus far.
2: Uh, nothing we've heard of, and you normally don't get tornadoes with big hurricanes uh, in the tropics and in in South Florida, not that it's never happened, but it doesn't often happen what uh, but as the storm moves farther north the uh, and if it, let's say it moves due north, the northeast. Quadrant of the storm is where the tornadoes were, will occur, and we would expect uh, tornadoes, but but well north of of South Florida. Now, if it were to track over the west coast, let's say of the state, so the northeast quadrant went over central Florida. The farther north in the state you get, the bigger the threat of of tornadoes, and that's because the the tropical air is being uh, mixed with the northern air essentially, and and they get more of a scenario, atmospheric scenario that that supports tornado development.
0: All right, we're going to take a short break. We're speaking with meteorologist and senior hurricane specialist of the Weather Channel, Brian Norcross. We have lots of calls, lots of emails, so we ask you to be patient, and we'll be right back. Stay with us.
1: Joseph Cooper, Bonnie Berman, we're back with today's Topical Currents with the Weather Channel's Senior Hurricane Specialist, Brian Norcross, on hand if you have questions or comments. And we'll move to uh, Tawana, a Fort Lauderdale caller. Tawana, you're on the air. Hi.
3: Hi, Brian. And thank you so much for doing this and alerting us to everything. We have a pool. We have a single-family residence in Fort Lauderdale. We're about 8 to 10 miles west of the beach. Um, and I'm really concerned about the overflow because the pool is about five feet from the home. And so I've heard different things about, you know, how much to lower it. There's different levels and putting tubing on to um, start getting the the water to go back out from the pool. So I just wondered, do you have any advice about pools?
2: Yeah, I wouldn't do anything with your pool uh, except for cover up the the uh, you know if your pump uh, equipment is is outside, so mm-hmm. you just don't yeah. want any debris or you know any damage to come uh, to that if something were to to fall on it or blow into it. But you know the pool is no different than than uh, a street or a driveway or or a sidewalk or or the pool deck. You know it it, it doesn't make any uh, the water doesn't behave any differently because it's hitting hitting water versus the cement. So, you know, the problem with lowering the pool is, uh, which may, you know, it might seem to make sense because it gives water a little place to go, is that if we have a problem with the water after the storm, you end up with this lower pool, and that can actually damage pools. Pools are made to be full, they're not made to have lower water in them. So, uh, from okay. pool people, the advice from pool people has always been just, you know, leave your pool alone and don't throw furniture in there so that you do damage to the MAR site. But, but uh, you know, okay. worry about the more important thing is to try and pick up anything that might blow, both to do damage to the house or maybe blow in the pool.
3: Okay. Can I ask you one more yeah. question? Sure. Um, the, the pool, when it does, or when it rains, there's, um, the water will settle near the house, in the, in the the you know, the back of the house near the caulking. And it almost looks right now like it's weak, like it's kind of given away from all the water settling there over time. Would you recommend doing anything about that?
2: No, I don't think there's anything you can do at this point. No. You know, no. if, if, uh, what you have to plan on is, you know, a very heavy rain. Now, you know, that pool sounds like to me, you know, it's been around for a while. You know, you've gotten very, very heavy rains like we get in – in extreme, you know, thunderstorm situations where you can get five or six or even 10 inches of rain, it happens. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think for me, I would concentrate on the other bigger picture issues that uh, you need to take care of in terms of preparing your house, preparing yourself and your family and finding a good place to park your car, uh, you know, and and uh, taking care of, of all of the other things, including, you know, we haven't talked about, uh, every time we have a bad storm is the, all you know, these terrible pictures of people with their photographs, you know, trying to dry them out and trying to save them when all they had to do was put them in a Ziploc bag, um, before the storm or, you know, a trash bag and seal it up real good. And, uh, so many things can be, can be saved. Uh, you know, a minor leak can do a lot of damage if, things that are important aren't uh, in plastic bags. So, you know, that kind of activity is what I would be doing uh, I think instead of worrying about around the pool.
0: Brian, I just want to say you have uh, seven, let me see, uh, if you could tell people where to find those tips you give. Uh, You have 15 of them that you had on your Facebook. Where can people get those tips?
2: Well, I'm going to actually put them uh, again this afternoon, but if you just go to Facebook and you put in Brian Norcross at the top, it'll pop up. And uh, I had them on yesterday afternoon, so I'm I'm doing a post in the morning and the afternoon every day. So okay. yesterday afternoon, you have to just have to go down one post, and you'll see for uh, Wednesday afternoon. And it it has the you know just things to think about to just save you aggravation uh, after the storm because you never know if your cell phone is going to. You know, get wet or some other thing happen that we can just make a cavalcade of of problems that that can be avoided uh, by just taking a few uh, pretty straightforward steps.
1: Brian, there's such a scramble for bottled water. Are we likely to use, lose tap water in this storm?
2: Well, we're we're pretty likely to lose uh, dr- uh, drinkable, potable tap water. When? Uh, well, when the power goes out. And the pressure in the water system decreases. It stirs up impurities within the water system. So once they get it even working at regular pressure again, they, uh, the the water has these impurities in it. So that's why they have a boil water order that, that goes into effect. So you just want to have water that you can drink. It's also possible, it happened in Hurricane Andrew, that we just actually lose water pressure because – uh something happens to the water some part of the water system it gets disabled uh, you know when you have a lot of storm surge uh storm surge uh, rushing up canals and and rivers and so forth and going under bridges can damage the water mm-hmm. system so that can cause a problem too but the 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 most important thing is to have drinkable water again just picture hurricanes of the past and the lines of people in the hot sun that are really waiting for nothing else but but water. And and that's so easy to avoid because right now there's an infinite amount of water in the tap. So you don't need bottled water, really. You need something to put the water in, and even if it's pots and pans, uh, you know, that's better than nothing. You, could uh, rinse that, out a,
1: you can rin- rinse out a bathtub with Clorox and then fill it with water.
2: Sure, You can, although nice. what we recommend with the bathtub tub is to get a plastic sheet like you'd yeah. use for a drop cloth uh you know for painting or or some kind of big plastic sheet line the bathtub with that as opposed to the rinsing out in Clorox which was the old way and fill that with water uh because if you lose water pressure uh, one of the really nasty things about being stuck at home is is that the toilet doesn't flush so that you know use that water along with a saucepan and and you can uh, you know flush your toilets and and uh, that makes the situation a lot better you know if If worse came to worse, you could use that water, assuming that you know that that was well cleaned out to, to drink but it's it's really better to have drinkable the water you're going to drink in some kind of uh, other containers that you can close the top on and you know be sure that you don't get dust or anything else in the water
0: Here's an important question because a lot of people ask this. Does taping the windows help if you have no hurricane shutters or plywood? What other precautions might one take if no shutters or plywood?
2: Well, if you don't have shutters or plywood, and uh, taping the windows won't do anything for you, so it's, it's just not worth the effort. And after the storm, you'll end up with a mess of gooey tape on the window. And the other problem is that when the windows are taped, it kind of gives you a false sense of security and people are more inclined to go look out the window. So, uh I mean I would not recommend if if this turns into uh the worst of this hurricane is coming over uh wherever that house is that uh, that you know nobody should stay in a house that is, does not have shutters or hurricane protection uh for uh, anything like a, a category 4 hurricane or even a category uh 2 or 3 hurricane. It's it's uh, it's just too Dangerous with the possibility of flying debris hitting the windows it 's not the wind pressure it 's the flying debris and, and you know it doesn 't take a whole super strong hurricane to have the, have branches and and trash uh, cans or whatever anybody's left outside uh, blowing a good distance
0: okay from Twitter, Chris, do you need to board up every single window? My mom believes she doesn 't have to board up the south facing windows. Hmm.
2: Uh, No, that would – in this case, there's a decent chance that that's the way the wind's going to come from. Uh, Yeah, so we don't know which direction the strongest wind is going to come from here. Normally, the strongest winds come from the south and the east, but it's not 100 percent. And in a very strong hurricane, like Hurricane Andrew, for example – we all can picture Homestead Air Force Base and how it was uh, demolished. Well, most of that damage came from a south wind on the backside of the hurricane. So in a really strong hurricane, uh, you can have strong winds in uh, coming from every direction. So, uh, no, the answer is no. You need to uh, you know, button up uh, the entire house.
1: Okay. And we'll take another caller. This is Inez in Boca. Inez, hi.
3: Yeah, hi. Um uh, thank you. By the way, I survived Hurricane Andrew. Andrew listened to you the whole time. Um, we have shutters on our windows now in Boca, but I do not feel sec- secure about the double doors. They open outward, and uh, last time, even with Matthew, it was shutter. It was shaking the whole time.
2: Well, the fact that they open outward is that's a very good thing. Uh, you can, there are some very easy things you can do to uh, help those doors. Uh, one is that that if if they're modern doors, you know are they uh, are they like within the last fifteen years or so those doors were put in, or is it uh, older than that yeah, within fifteen years yeah so so they should be good they 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 should be good, they should be to the modern code if the builder did the right thing and didn't sneak something in on you they they should be good, but if you you know if you don't feel confident, then you know tr- get something heavy and put it against that door. And uh, the other thing are, are they wood or metal? I'm um, um,
3: fiberglass mixed with uh, something else. Wood, I okay. think. Okay.
2: All right. Well, the the point is what I was going to say is you know slide bolts you can get at any uh, hardware store. Uh, adding uh, a couple of slide bolts uh, can also help. But but I would you know if you find a, if you have a big piece of furniture that you can put there just to be sure that the the door doesn't uh you know something doesn't go wrong and the door blows in if you're worried about it then if you've got concrete blocks or something you can put on the outside to to secure it you, you're absolutely right that double doors are uh more vulnerable than oh single i have doors.
3: sandbags. Should I all right sandbags. On the Should I put the
2: sandbags on the outside and put a piece of furniture on the inside just to be sure but if, you, if the door was put in in the last 15 years and and although you're in boca right you're in palm beach county so you know, here we have a case of Palm Beach County doesn't use the, in my opinion, appropriate building code for the hurricane threat. So, uh, yes, I would, I would uh, take steps to be sure that you've done what you can to strengthen that, uh, that door. And, and, uh, Thank you. And a strong piece of furniture on the, on the inside seems appropriate.
0: Okay, thanks for calling. This is from Katie. Is it safe to run a house generator during the actual storm?
2: Well, the problem is that you cannot run a house generator under any kind of cover, not under a porch, not under a carport, not in a garage, uh, under no cover at all. So you normally don't want to have anything outside in the wind. So, uh, you know, for that reason, I would I would uh, discourage it.
0: Okay, and let's see. Laura wants to know where she can find a map of wind speeds within the hurricane, not the entire storm has 175-mile-an-hour winds.
2: Well, if you Google on uh, online, you'll find that. it it's, It doesn't give you really any information that's relevant to what's going to happen when the storm gets to Florida. Uh, that we don't know, you know, we we have a general idea what the distribution is of the winds. The strongest winds are right around the center of the hurricane, and normally the strongest winds are in the right front part, but not 100%. But, you know, think of a circle right around the center that's uh, maybe 50 miles across that that has the absolute strongest winds, and then the hurricane-force winds go out another 25 or 30 miles uh, beyond that immediate circle. Uh, and, you know, and then the winds go out another 150 miles in each direction, whereas tropical storm force uh, 40 miles per hour or higher, which usually is the threshold we use for taking down trees and power lines and, you know, causing problems, but not not, you know, terrible problems, but causing problems. So, You know, that's the general distribution of the winds across the hurricane, but the problem is we don't know where that core with the worst winds is going to go. We don't know exactly where it will end up, you know, compared to I-95, for example, in in one of our, our counties.
0: Okay, Rosalba lives in Coconut Creek. Between the turnpike and lines right. I don't know where to hide in my house because it's an L shape and there are windows in every room. Should we stay in a room instead and cover ourselves with mattresses or get in closets? We will be around twenty people in the home.
1: Public shelter might twenty people.
2: Yeah. Uh, that's a lot of people. Well, you know, certainly closets are, are better. Um but also bathrooms are normally better than other rooms because they're generally smaller. And you have pipes in the wall, and often tile on the wall that makes the walls stronger. So normally, the the best shelter in the house, if you don't have a, a hallway that somehow goes down the middle of the house, uh, is uh, in the bathroom. And generally, the windows are smaller in the bathroom as well. So, uh, but but uh, Joe's point is good. If you don't feel safe in your house, you really should think about finding uh, another place. But if uh, you also, you know, one other thing you can do is be conscious, and we can't say this for sure yet because we don't know exactly the path the hurricane is going to take, is be conscious of the way, the, the direction from which the wind is blowing and uh, be downwind of it. So if it's coming at one end of the L, then be at the, you know, the end of that leg so that you have the maximum number of walls between you and uh, and where the wind is hitting the house. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, Mike has steel bars on his windows and wants to know if you still recommend plywood to protect them.
2: Well, the steel bars don't stop the the most of the debris. It stops big debris, but it doesn't stop uh, you know, stones or pieces of of other things that can blow in the wind and and hit the glass. So, uh, yeah, I still I you know, I I would not uh, stay in a home that didn't have hurricane protection if this if we end up getting something like the the worst of part of this storm, you know the the uh, odds of having debris flying that will hit that glass uh, are high, and the the bars really don't do anything for you.
1: Brian, we're getting a little short on time. Before we go, could you give us your best timeline for South Florida of what? Well, starts? the
2: wind is is going to start picking up on uh, on Saturday morning, so I think the the best advice, based on everything we know now, is that everybody has their their arrangements made by Friday night. Now, a good part of Saturday, I think the, the, uh, you know, wind is just going to be picking up in gusts. And every time the gust comes, it will be a little bit stronger. So this is going to be just a longer duration event. And uh, I think Saturday morning, you will be able to maneuver some if you do it, uh, you know, carefully and, and just are, are very, very aware of what's going on. But, but uh Friday night, when you go to bed, really is the time to uh be in place. You can sleep in your regular bed Friday night. You don't have to worry about sleeping in a hallway or or a closet or something but but be ready to get up Saturday morning, evaluate you know what the news is and what the track of the storm is and uh and be sure that that comes saturday uh, you'll be ready to go Then saturday afternoon it'll pick up and, and right now the schedule for the worst of the weather to arrive at the southeast coast is going to be around sunrise on sunday and on the you know down let's say at the keys and we really haven't talked about the keys which is a, a, a very difficult thing and uh, and then you know, move up the coast. So the farther north you are, the worst of the weather would would arrive later in the day on Sunday, and it will last through the day Sunday. And I think it will—you know—the winds will still be blowing Sunday evening, but uh, decidedly uh, decreasing uh, by then.
1: For people who've never experienced this, what kind of sound should they expect?
2: Well, it's it's something between a, a kind of a roar. Uh, like a freight trainy kind of or a jet engine kind of roar and a whistle as you get the this the, the you know just think of the noise that a jet engine makes and then and then on top of that the wind is blowing through things it's blowing through trees and uh parts of the house and and uh, everything around you and that kind of makes the whistle so it it modulates up and down both of those sounds uh, depending on the strength of the wind and as the direction of the wind changes just a little bit, uh, that's uh, uh, that's what you hear. So, Brian,
0: s- uh, you're saying Saturday morning will start, you know, getting some of the winds, and then you expect it to be Sunday all. I mean, how long is it going to be horrible? Do you think?
2: I think it'll be uh, it'll be pretty horrible for a good part of the daytime hours on on Sunday. Uh, it'll pick up, I think we, you know, really noticeably pick up before, uh, sunrise, uh, you know, again, it's South to North, right? So obviously if you're in Palm beach County later than in Key Largo. Right. Uh, but, uh, but it's, you know, for most of the daytime hours on Sunday, you probably will not be able to go outside. Um, uh, but maybe by the end of uh, the day, On Sunday, by that time, the center should be up north of the Palm Beaches, where it would still, I would think, still be very windy in the Palm Beaches, but it might be better in the Keys by that time, although not great. And and the big danger. So, and and we should just talk about the Keys here, real quick. Yes, Um, we have listeners there, so please. Yes, I know uh, important listeners in the Keys. And if the center goes toward Miami, say. The, 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 that does not lower the threat in the Keys, because the biggest threat in the Keys from for loss of life is storm surge from Florida Bay, not from storm surge from the ocean. So when, if, if, the, if the storm is in Miami, the winds are coming from the north over Florida Bay or the northwest, pushing Florida Bay up over the Keys from the north. So I just want to be sure that there's nobody in the Keys that – thinks that, oh, it looks like the storm is going to Miami, That then we're going to be okay. Uh, the, everybody's got to think back to Hurricane Wilma and how uh, what half or more of Key West was flooded by a much weaker storm moving by to the north because of the wind direction brought that Florida Bay water and Gulf water uh, into Key West, and Key West is relatively high ground for the Florida Keys. So anyway, I, I just uh, the Florida Keys are extremely dangerous in a big hurricane. And we just haven't had one in so long.
0: Is there any terrain or system in the path of Irma that could weaken it before it arrives?
2: Uh, yeah, the the Dominican Republic in Haiti, the mountains are very high there. That may be some reason that the winds are a little bit lower now. Also, in there are internal uh, processes in the hurricane that just make it difficult for it to continue at, at the ultimate maximum that it can be. And also it's going to come near Cuba and so some of the circulation is going to be over Cuba for a part of the time. Those are those are two reasons that the National Hurricane Center is forecasting some decrease in, in intensity. Also, when the hurricane makes the turn and uh, heads toward Florida, the weather pattern in the upper atmosphere is going to change and that's what's going to make it make the turn. And we think that'll be less Favorable for maintaining, you know, a spectacularly uh, top-end you know, pin the needle kind of uh, storm, and uh, and so that's why the National Hurricane Center is is forecasting. You
1: know, some decrease in wind. Brian, we uh, yeah. certainly want to thank you. We're about out of time here, and I'm sure you have plenty to do <laughs> in Atlanta at the and Weather And thank
0: Channel. you. Yeah. We hope we didn't strain your voice too much. Thank <laughs> you so much for taking this time, Brian Norcross, with the You're Weather very Channel welcome. Senior welcome. Hurricane Specialist. And let me say again, my Hurricane Andrew story that Brian wrote is a great book to have for a hurricane mm-hmm. and what to do about it. Thank you so much, Brian. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys.
1: Thank you. And I thought, please help your neighbors and let them help you if you need it. That wraps up today's topical currents. Many thanks to our callers and most especially the Weather Channel's Brian Norcross. And we'll have continued strong channel uh, on the Weather Channel to coverage of the storm. Uh, Brian's also frequently updating information on his Brian Norcross Facebook page. And stay tuned to WLR Radio for, for complete hurricane coverage. Topical Current's lead producer is Richard Ives. Technical direction and online content produced by Jason Zabkapali. Kapali Landis is associate producer. One more advisory to our many listeners. Don't roll the dice with this storm. Don't hesitate to evacuate and to seek public shelter.
0: And we are going to have wall-to-wall coverage on WLRN beginning Saturday morning. So please keep it tuned here. And thanks so much. Stay safe, everybody.